The AFC and NFC championship matchups are officially set. We talk about the San Francisco 49ers big win over the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Philadelphia Eagles handling business against the New York Giants. All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday. That means you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here on our network in the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times the money on your entry. First time users can receive and one has been in the deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com, promo code Locked On. And we are back here bringing you the biggest stories from the divisional weekend in the NFL. Four pretty good games, some blowouts, some down to the wire, but the NFL never disappoints. And we're going to dive into with our biggest experts from our local teams, the biggest stories from those games. So first, we're going to start off with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. The 49ers winning a close game with the Dallas Cowboys. They'll advance an NFC championship game. In the second segment, we'll dive into a conversation with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about their win over the Jaguars, Patrick Mahomes and his injury status and more. And then finally, we'll move into the Eagles. We'll talk with Lou DiBiase of Locked On Eagles about their drubbing of the New York Giants, setting up their matchup with San Francisco in the NFC Championship. So without any further ado, let's dive into our first conversation with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. Well, the San Francisco 49ers, they punched their ticket to the NFC Championship with a clutch 19-12 to win over the Dallas Cowboys. Here to talk about that game with me and the 49ers' chances in their NFC Championship game against the Eagles is Brian Peacock, one of the hosts over at Locked On 49ers. And Brian, this was it was a down-to-the-wire game, close, neck-and-neck neck the entire way. But how were the 49ers able to come out on top in this one? Yeah, it was such a tight one. It was a, It was a stressful game. It was one of those where nobody's sitting down, no matter where you are, if you're at home on your couch watching the game, if you're at the stadium, it was tight. And it was two really good defenses going at it. And there was not a lot of space for anything, running the ball or throwing the ball. And the biggest difference in this game was the 49ers made uh, a few more plays. And uh, to be honest with you, I think it's the plays that were not made that won it for the 49ers. And it was the lack of turnovers from the rookie quarterback and the turnovers from the veteran quarterback. I think that was the biggest difference in this football game. And young Brock Purdy didn't like the, the world on fire. Uh, he was under pressure a lot. There was not a lot of space to get anything done. But in the end, the 49ers were able to, to find the end zone. Uh, Robbie Gold was making his field goals, and young Brock Purdy did not turn the ball over. That was the key to the game. Right, not necessarily the high-scoring output we saw the 49ers have in the wild card round against Seattle, but they got the job done, and they, they held this Cowboys offense to 12 points you mentioned the turnovers that the 49ers got on Dak Prescott some very timely turnovers at that how'd you like the defensive performance it was awesome I mean Fred Warner his nickname's all pro Fred for a reason some of the plays he makes just other guys can't make and and uh, you know he'll run somebody down in the running game he'll make a play in the backfield but really the the thing 
that sets Fred Warner apart from other linebackers in the NFL is he's, you know, showing blitz. He's mugged up in the A gap to start the the snap and then retreats post snap to pick up the Cowboys best receiver, CD Lamb, who's lined up in the slot and pick him up and carry him down the seam to break up a, a potential big play, a potential chunk play, uh, a potential touchdown pass that could have really changed the game. And that's what Fred Warner can do. And, you know, he's a leader on that defense as well. And he was all over the place. He, he was so fun to watch. But there was a number of guys that made plays in this game. And it's just so hard to score on D'Amico Ryan's unit. And it, it gives the 49ers offense a chance to get going, which they did a little bit more in the second half. Right. There's a reason D'Amico Ryan's is getting all that head coaching consideration. Well deserved for him. And especially this performance against the Cowboys, definitely adding to that resume. But Brian, the Eagles in the 49ers matchup, NFC Championship, the one seed versus the two seed. How do you like the matchup? How confident are you in the San Francisco team that can pull off the upset here and go back to the Super Bowl? Less confident going into Philadelphia. Um, I, I was maybe even overconfident with the 49ers and the Cowboys for some reason. Just the way the 49ers had been humming, throwing up 30 points a game, almost 35 points a game in with Brock Purdy at quarterback and the way the defense has been playing, especially in the second half, we saw it again in this one. I was just so confident. Um, one of the things that I realized was how good the Cowboys defense was compared to some of the other defenses the 49ers had seen. And they were a legit unit and a really fast unit. And I think that's key because they were able to match up in some ways on the edge and on the perimeter to slow down Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and some of the stuff near the line of scrimmage that the 49ers like to do. And, um, and, and, put the heat on young Brock Purdy. And like I mentioned though, Purdy was up to the task and sometimes it looked a little weird. Sometimes it looked like he was frenetic, but he didn't make the mistake. You know, uh, he took a couple sacks, but, but nothing, no fumbles, no uh, interceptions threw the ball away a few times. And so um, looking at the, the Eagles, young Brock Purdy got to play at home during these first few playoff games. He's going to go on the road. Now he's going to go to the East coast and, and, a lot of things are happening for the first time in his NFL career. And this is another one. This is the first time he's going to go play uh, on the East coast in an away game in his NFL career. And this is the first time he's going to have a playoff game on the road in his NFL career against the best team in the NFC this season. And so um, we'll see if he's able to pass this test as he's passed every other one remarkably as the literal last pick in the NFL draft. But um, I think it's the other side of the ball that worries me a little bit because the, the Eagles are so complete. And Jalen Hurts, his ability to move with the legitimate weapons on the outside. We saw the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb, and they weren't really able to get much else going besides C.D. Lamb in that game. But you've got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, and you can run the football, and you've got a quarterback that can extend plays and get out. And the 49ers have to play a little bit differently against mobile quarterbacks. And so they're not able to, because when if, you, if you're a pocket quarterback playing against the 49ers, you're in trouble. And they have dominated almost every single team that that has that sort of formula. And uh, the Eagles do not have that formula. And they're a really complete football team. So this is interesting for me and, and absolutely the biggest test for the 49ers and Brock Purdy this year. Yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to be a great matchup. But Brian, the theme for me this week is, you know, we know the stars get the spotlight. We know San Francisco has such a loaded roster, so many talented players. But who are some of the unsung heroes do you think have to step up big time in this NFC Championship matchup in order to get San Francisco a win? Uh, the last two weeks, Diamador Lenore, the second year corner, has been the guy that teams thought they could, that he would be the weak link that teams would come in and target. And we did see one over the top where CD Lamb was able to go up and pull down a, a deep ball down the left sideline against Lenore. But Lenore had an interception 
in the first quarter of the game as well. And he had an interception last week. So he's been up to the task for the 49ers recently. And um, Charvarius Ward, while he's not shutting guys down at the level he did earlier on in the season, he's playing pretty well on the other side. So I think that helps for the 49ers. Um, they've got to play well up front. Obviously, Nick Bosa is going to be Nick Bosa, and he's going to see a lot of double teams. He's going to see a lot of chips. So the rotational guys around him on the defensive line have to show up and make some plays. Uh, the 49ers, um, their, their pass protection unit up front was a little bit tricky in this one, but in the end, they were able to run the ball and they were able to impose their will on the Cowboys. And so that's going to be one of the keys as well. The 49ers are going to need all hands on deck in this one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. But Brian, last question. Could Christian McCaffrey give the 49ers a snap like Zeke Elliott did on that final play? He can do anything. Uh, to be honest with you, if if Brock Purdy gets hurt, I want to see Christian McCaffrey play quarterback. He had a nice little throw, and he's got some quarterbacks in his family as well. He can, he can absolutely do anything. Uh, I don't know what that play was that the Dallas Cowboys drew up, but it was probably one of the worst end of game plays I've ever seen. And Zeke just got wrecked by whoever was lined up across from him. I don't remember. And then Jimmy Ward just KO'd. Turpin, as soon as he caught the ball, they didn't even get to really run the play they were trying to do. I don't know what they're going to do with their offensive lineman set up wide, but the 49ers snuffed that one out pretty quick. Yeah, I'd call it unique is what I'd say. I probably won't see something like that for a long time, if ever again. But McCaffrey, that, that trade's been, you know, paying dividends for San Francisco. Gave up some draft capital to bring him in, but, you know, there's no doubt he's making an impact right now. Absolutely. One more win, Kevin. One more win. And no matter what else happens in Chris McCaffrey's career with the 49ers, I think you can you can mark that trade a win because they brought in McCaffrey to get over the hump. And if they're able to win the NFC championship game into the Super Bowl, that's why you make plays like that. Even if they decide they don't want to pay him as much as he's going to make in the future, even if he does start to hit those injuries, he has been remarkably healthy for the 49ers. And that's always the key with running backs to provide the value. And McCaffrey's been even better than I expected as a 49er. And he's been out there and, and, and been able to stay healthy, even though he's fought through a couple of small minor injuries, there's been nothing major to keep him on the field. So that's really key and just added such a, an element, such an icing on the cake to the 49ers offense. Yeah, I know there's discourse about, you know, how to value running backs, what to trade for them, what to sign them for. But th there's no doubt McCaffrey's been incredible for San Francisco over a short time there. But, Brian, I appreciate you hopping on. For more on the 49ers, be sure to check out Brian over at the Locked On 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian, I appreciate you. The things that Brock Purdy has been able to do this year coming in as Mr. Irrelevant and leading them now to the NFC Championship game. It's been a historic run. So for the 49ers, they're in good hands, but they face a tough test traveling to Philadelphia. Coming up in our second segment, though, we're going to be diving in to the Kansas City Chiefs and what's in store for them against the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship, but also how they got there defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still have a ton to talk about here on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Prize Picks. And for me, still undefeated, still undefeated in fantasy basketball, moved my record to 14 and 0. And with fantasy football season over, all my attention is over there anyway. But if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks. There are a ton of different current entries you can have tons of games and formats and it's super easy to play and how it works is to pick two to five players and if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on an entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus projections available prize picks offers projections on any sport the was including the nfl the nba the mlb you have nhl pga college football college basketball, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and faster draws in the currently operational in over 30 states. 
and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. You deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. We return here with our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still here with you. And thank you so much for tuning in, making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Be sure to check us out anywhere. Subscribe to us in audio form, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, video form on YouTube. We are, again, free and available everywhere. But we're not going to dive into a conversation with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. Kansas City beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. They now face off against the Cincinnati Bengals in the AC Championship game. Let's talk about that with Chris now. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to the AFC Championship game. Pretty familiar territory for this Kansas City team. Here to talk with me about that Chiefs team. They went over Jacksonville in the divisional round. Is Chris Clark, one of the hosts over at Locked on Chiefs. And Chris, this was a pretty good win for the Chiefs here, 27-20 to 20 over Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a good team, though. They're a good team. How are they able to get the job done and beat the Jaguars in this one? You know, I think that the Jaguars are a good team. I think that they're going to be good for years to come. They have a, a young nucleus. They have a great head coach. Uh, I do think that they're going to be a formidable team in the future. Kansas City just has too many playmakers. Uh, you know, you watch Travis Kelsey do what he did last night, but you watch Marquez Valdez-Scantling catch the game-winning touchdown at the very end of the game. Uh, and Mahomes was Mahomes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what else you can say other than playing on one leg, he looks half-human at the at, but, uh, you know, Chad Henney coming in and taking the ball over at the two-yard line and taking him on a 98-yard touchdown drive. Kansas City has a lot of, of things going right for it. Andy Reid and this staff has got this team ready to go. Yeah, and you can see the experience that this team has. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, Travis Kelsey in there as well. You mentioned Mahomes playing on one leg, the high ankle sprain as it was diagnosed. Do you have... Any concerns moving forward with that, or is Mahomes going to tough this one out? I'm sure he's going to tough it out. I don't know how much he practices this week. Um, I will say this. Everybody says it's six weeks to get over a high ankle sprain, and that's probably true. Uh, but one thing that we've learned about Mahomes is his body is built differently than just about anybody else. Uh, and he is known to work very hard on trying to come back from injury. So I'm not going to say he's going to be healthy for this game. Obviously, he won't be. But I do think that he's going to be in better shape than most people are giving him credit for. Yeah, I think, you know, especially at this stage, Mahomes coming back in for the divisional round game. I think he'll probably tough it out, but it is going to be worth monitoring his practice status throughout the course of the entire week. But now, Chris, you have very familiar territory. Chiefs and Bengals matching up in the AFC Championship as the Bengals are able to knock off the Bills in the divisional round there. Now, the Bengals advanced to the Super Bowl last year, knocking off Kansas City. This is the rematch for the Chiefs. Do you think they have a better shot this time around than they did last year? If you go back and watch last year's game, Kansas City was getting ready to go up uh, thirty over 30 points in the first half. Uh, and Tyreek Hill flattened out his route a little bit too much uh, and, and ended up getting tackled in the field of play and cost them any chance of points right there at the end of the first half. And then Cincinnati changed everything around. And props to Cincinnati, I think that they were in a great – uh, position to win that game, obviously, and, and they beat Kansas City. They completely changed what they were doing on defense in the second half. But Kansas City really handled the first half of that game. The key in this game for Kansas City to have a chance to beat Cincinnati is how are you going to slow down their offense? They have so many weapons. They have you know three great wide receivers. 
Plus, they've got a couple other guys that are stepping in from time to time, and Hayden Hurst is playing very well, and now you have Joe Mixon back, and uh, Perrine as well. So, or Perrine, I, sorry. Um, so, you have a, a lot of players on the Bengals team on the offense, and that's going to be a big question. When it comes to Kansas City's offense versus the Cincinnati defense, my big question is, how are they going to play Patrick Mahomes this week? Because normally you would think that they would go back to what they did and were successful with last year, uh, you know, dropping eight into coverage and having three rush the QB. With him having this ankle injury, I'm not so sure that they do that, and I'm thinking that they might do something completely different. Right. It's something. It's going to be something to monitor throughout the week, but I think this is going to be a great game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. But, Chris, when you look at this roster as a whole, we, we know about the stars and the studs that Kansas City has throughout their roster, obviously headlined by Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and a couple other guys. But who are some players who you think maybe unsung guys that have to step up throughout this game in order to convincingly get Kansas City this win? Quite honestly, the this game is going to come down to the Chiefs' offensive line, and I say that because if they're able to protect Patrick Mahomes and he's able to stand in the pocket and make throws, I think this offense is going to be okay. But that's going to really come down to can Orlando Brown and can Andrew Wiley take care of their guys that they're going to have at different times, probably one-on-one. And that's been a struggle all year long. So that's going to be the big storyline of this game is can they slow those those edge rushers down? Are they going to be able to take those guys one-on-one? If they have the opportunity to do, if they can do that, they have an opportunity to be successful in offense because Mahomes will be able to stand in the pocket. He'll be able to step up at times and deliver the ball downfield. Yeah, and can you kind of talk about this Chiefs season as a whole? I know after losing Tyreek Hill, if they're going to have the same firepower, they've certainly quelled all those concerns. So, I mean, what has this season been like? And, I mean, did you, Chris, expect the Chiefs to be in this position they are right now back in yet another AFC Championship game? I thought they had the opportunity to be in one. I thought that, you know, Juju was going to be a big addition to this offense that a lot of people didn't give him credit for. Uh, I was hoping MBS would have a bigger uh place in this offense that he's had but then you look at Pacheco as a running back I didn't see that coming I thought he was going to be you know a guy that maybe gets some situational touches but I knew that the staff was high on him uh I was thinking they were going to be 13 and 4 I thought that Super Bowl was an option for or a possibility for them uh was I going to say they're going to be in the AFC championship game I I don't think I was going to be that cocky I think I would have said that I think they make at least to the divisional round uh, and they have a really good chance to go to the AFC Championship game. Five years in a row, Patrick Mahomes has been a starting QB for five years. He has not missed an AFC Championship game yet, and it's an arrowhead again this time. Yeah, and so now we have the rematch, the Bengals and Chiefs. Now the Chiefs have the option to rewrite history here in 2023. And for more on the Chiefs and their AFC Championship matchup with the Bengals, be sure to check out Chris's work over at the Locked On Chiefs podcast, Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, thanks so much for hopping on. Patrick Mahomes, he's a warrior. He is a warrior. Chad Henney, though, did his thing on that 98-yard touchdown drive. But the Chiefs back in another AFC Championship game. It you know, feels like, in fact, we are pretty much saying that every single season at this point. The Chiefs are just that good. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving in to our final conversation. That's going to be with Lou DiBiase of Locked On Eagles as we talk about their big one over the Giants and which matchup Louie would have preferred in either the 49ers or the Cowboys. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to talk about here on Locked on NFL. But first, 
This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 worth of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. And there were plenty of parlays this weekend. A lot of I saw a lot of first down first touchdown scorers this weekend. Travis Kelsey plus 600, Dallas Goddard plus 1,200, Jamar Chase plus 900, and Dalton Schultz plus 1,500. Five dollar wager won somebody nearly 73 thousand dollars just just incredible there it's all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use so football fans don't miss out place your first five dollar bet to get 150 dollars in free bets win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl we are back here our final segment of locked on nfl here on this monday kevin allstriker still here with you again thank you so much for being here with us today making us your first listener today be sure to like this video, subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. But now we're going to be diving into our final conversation of the episode. It's a good one, though, with Louis DiBiase of Locked on Eagles as we talk about their huge, ma- massive, massive win against the Giants by a 38-7 to margin. Plus, we talk about whether Louis would have rather had the 49ers matchup or the Cowboys matchup in the NFC Championship game. So let's dive into all that now. So the Philadelphia Eagles handed it to the New York Giants in a divisional round advancing to the NFC Championship game. 38-7 to here to talk with me about that game, the Eagles-NFC Championship game. Potential matchup in more is Louis DiBiase, one of the hosts over at Locked On Eagles. And Louis, again, this is a game that was really never in doubt for the Eagles throughout the entirety of this game, 38-7. to Was it how you were expecting the game to go? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, hats off to the New York Giants on an incredible season. I thought they went a lot farther than pretty much the entirety of the NFL media and fan bases alike predicted to get a playoff win and get to the divisional round in Brian Dable's first year. I mean, definitely they have a bright future. But when you look at the talent across the board on the Eagles roster, a home game as well with a divisional rival coming to town, that kind of environment it just it reminded me a lot of the Eagles Buccaneers 2021 wild card game where from the jump you saw oh okay one team is clearly I know it's the playoffs but one team is clearly on another level it was awesome to see the Eagles one calendar year later were on the opposite end of that game the Giants again they have a great coaching staff and I think a bright future but they just didn't have the talent to match the Eagles and I thought you saw that from the jump right and you know it's not like the Eagles needed a bunch of the Eagles defense held the Giants just seven points on the day. So 38 was a little bit more than they needed, but it was a statement for an Eagles team that has made plenty of statements so far this year. Now advanced to the NFC championship game. And Luana, we're talking here as the 49ers and Cowboys are battling it out in San Francisco right now. Halftime, nine to six between those two teams. So I want you to make an argument for why you would want the Eagles to play either the 49ers or the Cowboys and then who you'd rather play at the end of that. Yeah, Kevin, I've kind of been arguing with myself back and forth this entire game, thinking about who I'd want to play. Because on the one end, the Dallas Cowboys, 
they seem like the roster I'd rather go up against. San Francisco is loaded on both sides of the ball. I thought about what that battle could be like between the Eagles elite offensive line and that elite San Francisco front. And the opposite is the same. The 49ers have a top tier offensive line. The Eagles have the best pass rush in the NFL. So I'm thinking in that way, I'd rather play the Dallas Cowboys. You already beat them once this year at home. And the other game on Christmas Eve, against Dak Prescott, they had to put up 40 points to hold off Gardner Minshew. So I feel like in that way, the Eagles know how to beat the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to have Jalen Hurts back healthy this time around. But then on the other side, again, I know the 49ers roster is loaded, but I would rather play Brock Purdy than Dak Prescott. Even with the interceptions Dak's been suffering, Prescott's kind of had the Eagles number over the years. And I feel like if the Eagles pass rush could get the better in that strength against strength battle, I would much rather play Brock Purdy than Dak Prescott. So I go back and forth. Honestly, I'm kind of fine with either at this point. I think, though, the the storyline, too, of Eagles-Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl would just be so sweet. I think a win against Dallas would be sweeter than against San Francisco. Right. If, if you get to play the Giants in the divisional round and, and knock them out, right. and then you get the Cowboys in the championship, you knock them out. Kevin, it's kind of like in 2017 when the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Yes, I wanted Blake Bortles and the Jaguars to make it all the way because it's the easier matchup. But man, beating Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time in a shootout to win your first title with a backup quarterback. Again, I'm a storyline guy, too. So that's that's a part of the equation. Yeah, you can't draw them up in better than that one, definitely. But Louis, when we're talking about this Eagles team, we know... We know the big names. We know the star power that the Eagles have accumulated. Howie Roseman has done a great job building up that roster. But who are some of the lesser-known guys who you think might have to have a big impact, regardless of if it is San Francisco or if it is Dallas, to get the Eagles a win? Yeah, it's a really good point. Again, you know, A.J. Brown, Hassan Riddick, James Bradbury. There's been so many top-tier players. The guys you already had, too, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, that have been key in the Eagles being the one seed and now being one win away from the Super Bowl. But there are a lot of unsung heroes still that have been so important. I think you look at, you know, on the offensive side of the football, look at the dominating impact that offensive line had. And again, yes, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, they're at the forefront of that. But you look at right guard Isaac Sayamalu, how impactful he was in pass protection and on the ground to help Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell had over 100 yards in that game as well. The Eagles almost rushed for 270 yards. So, you know, the guards, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Sayamalu, they definitely don't get enough credit. And then you look on the defensive side of the football, to me, I think up front, you look at how Dallas and San Francisco play, maybe Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis, uh, TJ Edwards, and Kazir White, those guys on the interior, you're watching this Cowboys 49ers game, and it's an absolute dogfight in the trenches. So I think the underrated pieces on the offensive and defensive line are the guys to watch, regardless of who the Eagles play next week in the NFC title. Yeah, and I know I'm a big trends guy where we're talking about when does a trend become a trend and when is it just an overreaction. You know, when we're four weeks into the season, some of those things are corrected. We are in the end, we're in the championship week right, right now. So trends are trends. What's the Eagles' biggest strength right now, Louis, and what's their biggest weakness? Yeah, honestly, and again, it's a cop out that they can do it all, but I'll say right now their biggest strength is their versatility, Kevin, because you look at there were so many times this year where they could throw a team 
out of the game, right? I mean, you look at the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans, you know, Jalen Hurts is throwing for three, Washington too. They're throwing for 300 yards and four passing touchdowns. But then if they want to be the best rushing offense in the league, they did that against the Green Bay Packers. And you saw that against the Giants that they can in their sleep rush for 270 yards behind an elite offensive line, an elite mobile quarterback, an elite running back in Miles Sanders. So I think it's just their versatility on both sides of the football. Uh, the weakness right now might just be that sometimes they have their own issues. And I think that was why they struggled at the end of the season was there were turnovers in their own and the penalties and coaches that I think waited a little bit too long to adjust because they want to stick with what got them there. But at times the game called for them to switch things up. So I think it's being their own worst enemy at times at the end of the year kind of stunted their growth. Hopefully they've worked through those kinks, but I would say that's probably the weakness is just honestly, because they're so talented, them getting in their own way has been the only issue this year. And sometimes that's what it can be for teams where, you know, it's self-inflicted yeah. wounds that can hurt them and, and eventually right. lead to a demise. But Louis, finally, I want to take my question earlier, one step further, Bengals or Chiefs if the Eagles make the Super Bowl. Man, I think it's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Who do I want to play? I'd probably rather say the Chiefs because of, the health status of Patrick Mahomes with that ankle. I don't know if he's going to be able to be a hundred percent for the rest of the season. Obviously you don't want to play the greatest quarterback in the league, but Cincinnati Bengals are the hottest team in football right now. And Joe Burrow looks like the greatest quarterback in football. They're loaded with talent on both sides, the weapons they have. I mean, they made the Buffalo bills look like a wild card team in that playoff game on Sunday. And I thought the bills were going to win a super bowl this year. So I would rather play the Chiefs, but I think if the Eagles do get to Arizona, I think Jalen Hurts is going to play Joe Burrow just like he did in the college football playoff. A little revenge game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that is storyline guy. Another big storyline over there. there. Is, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Regardless, though, the Eagles are a super talented team, although whoever they play in the NFC Championship game, I think it's going to be a good one, regardless of if it's San Francisco or Dallas. Louis, I appreciate you hopping on with me. For more on Louis' work and the Eagles, be sure to check out the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis, thanks so much. The Eagles are a good football team. They're a good football team, and they proved it over the course of the 2022 season, and, and they absolutely manhandled the Giants. So they got off to a great start in the playoffs, but now comes the test. Can they make the Super Bowl, and can they beat the San Francisco 49ers. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.